0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast. I'm Kevin Gastola. I'm joined by Rania Kallick. Hey, Rania. Hey, Kevin. And uh, we're here because we have to do a response. We don't enjoy having to produce this episode, but we're doing a response to a CNN piece, a hit piece that was put up on Rania Kallick and the media project that she works for, which is based in Berlin and uh, and and receives state funding from the Russian government. And uh, we've talked about this on the show before we talked about what Rania does. We didn't we haven't ever hidden it from any of you um, and and neither have they. And uh, but CNN put up this report. Russia is backing a viral video company aimed at American millennials. And then we I put together a full report that. Contextualize what CNN was doing before all of you, because we have you here. Uh, Rania is going to talk about the hit piece that CNN did, uh, and I suppose the best way to get into this is just to summarize, people, for people, how CNN came to the decision that they needed to target and do this piece on. Uh, a called... small
1: media outlet like yeah, it's, it's, that was making videos that a lot of people were watching. Which is called them...
0: Mafic, yeah. It's called Mafic Media. Um, and they produce the I'll do this for you so you don't have to do it. The They do the in the now and they have soapbox, which you contribute videos to. And then there are a couple other channels. And these were all popular Facebook pages until they were suspended and taken down.
1: Yes. And so CNN a few weeks ago we found out CNN was like trying to dig up dirt on on In the Now or so just to so so people understand like In the Now is the main brand but Mavic Media is like the holding company for In the Now kind of like you know now this which is like a huge viral video outlet has a holding company that you've never heard of called Group 9. Um and but the brand is Now This. That's like how it is. Mavic Media is the name of like the holding company which is based in Berlin for in the now. And Mafic is 51% owned by um, Ruckley, which is a subsidiary of RT. Uh, and uh, the other 49% is owned by Anisa Noway, who started in the Now. Um, and initially, if you want to talk about hiding stuff, I mean, initially in the now was an RT show hosted by Anisa, like on RT, the channel. And then it was such a uh, popular show she convinced them to let her make it a digital outlet. Because she believed TV was a dying industry. And uh, it kind of was until Trump. But the point is, um, it's like if you wanted to hide the link to RT, you'd think you would maybe just rename it and get a different host. Um, but instead, they kept the name and it was just on the internet. And so, Anissa spent the last four and a half years building it now, on, mostly on Facebook, because that's where videos are most, that's where you have the most audience for video content today. And so she built it into, a, into a, an, uh, a digital media outlet that has over four million, oh, almost, I'm sorry, almost four million followers, which is a really big deal. Um, and she did that with really excellent professional, uh, which even CNN admits is really great content um, and that people enjoy watching. And so, some of it's political, which is the stuff that I do and that Anissa does. Other stuff is just like human interest stories. And then also in the now recently, Created these new channels with Wasted, which covers um, environmental stuff, Soapbox, which is now the political channel that I uh, that I present videos for, and um, the last one is Back Then, which is a history channel. So, anyways, uh, this is something that a lot of media companies do. You know, you have AJ, and then you have all these, you know, vertical channels they call them uh, that AJ does that you guys probably all follow on Facebook because they do really good videos and our content is similar. Uh, anyways, Facebook basically manufactured a story where there wasn't one. They were looking for dirt on us by talking to like employees sort of on the periphery contractors that have worked with us. They even uh, reached out to a camera person that, uh, that worked with me on some of my U S documentaries. And were asking really invasive questions, like trying to find out, did we treat this person? Well, how did we pay them? Was it well, did we have, did like the Kremlin tell her, tell, tell me what to cover, like things like this. So we found out about it and then we contacted Facebook and we're like, hey, we know what you're doing. Um, I think you're looking for a story where there isn't one. We are happy to be completely transparent with you and do an interview with you so you can learn about our company, which you're clearly trying to find dirt on. So we did an interview, me and the COO of MAFIC, J. Ray Sparks, did an interview with CNN in Berlin last week. Um, And we answered all their questions. It felt like a police interrogation. It was 45 minutes of just nonstop questions about the structure of the company, just things that no other company would ever have to answer. And we were totally open with them. This is how it works. This is where we're funded, blah, 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 blah. Like, this is the political content. I mean, and Kevin, you listened to the audio of the interview, which I had recorded. And like, you heard how crazy the questions were. They were like, "How how come you made a video about Venezuela that sounds like the Kremlin? Like the questions were literally like that. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and just like, because, you know, I made a video that went pretty viral about Venezuela after the U S attempted a coup there. Um, it was a totally factual video. That was, that was clearly like in my opinion, you know, my, my opinion also, and it was anti-intervention and because I don't support the U S effort to topple the government of Venezuela, a sovereign country, the journalist interviewing me and I use journalists very loosely, uh, accused me of, um, of promoting uh, Kremlin government talking points.
0: <laughs> yes. I, I, I have it right here. The, the, the words were, it just seems just viewing so many of your posts, Rania, that your views are completely in line with what we're hearing from the Kremlin, especially on Venezuela.
1: Yeah. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like it was really hard uh, to stay calm during this interview because the questions were like aggressive and loaded. And obviously clearly like intended to, to, uh, to like prompt some sort of like, uh, you know, thoughtless response that could be used as a good soundbite to show that we're bad.
0: I also wonder Um, if if, psychologically, just to that, I I know you were going to go on to something, but I also wonder if psychologically there's something that happens to you when you know that they're fishing for something negative because you're answering his questions, are you responding genuinely to what he says? And he goes out of his way, this uh, journalist, Drew Griffin, goes out of his way not to reply if it's not anything he wants to engage.
1: Yeah, like he dismisses, like when he asked me, he, he was, so this guy was like, really had a hard, had a very difficult time believing that I have editorial control over the contents I produce. I have complete editorial control um, over the content that I produce. I imagine that I like, that like, I, I imagine that pro- probably part of the reason he had a hard time believing that was projection. Maybe he doesn't have editorial control over his content and he can't fathom how that could be possible anywhere, let alone an outlet that receives Russian government funding. Um, so I imagine that was part of it. But like one thing I responded to him with was, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I said, of course, I, you know, I've had editorial content. I, I write my own scripts. I do my own research. Then um, I asked, uh, I asked him to tell me if, see, if uh, Mark Lamont Hill had editorial content with CNN fired him for, uh, for, <laughs> for telling the truth about Israel's occupation of Palestine. And yeah, like Kevin just said, his response was to just, he just, I think he just went okay and moved on to the next question. Like he didn't engage in any, and that's kind of how all my answers were. It was like, okay, let's talk about funding of media. Like all media is funded by either corporations or governments. That includes CNN as well, which receives, like, which, which, you know, is corporate funded and has, you know, gets advertising dollars from weapons companies and pharmaceutical companies. Does that impact CNN's content? Let's talk about that. And, like, that, that was kind of how all my statements to him were.
0: Uh, so, so there's two points to make on that. One, uh, I think it's to your credit. I, I, I firmly believe this. And I, I think it's a tribute to how much influence you have and how good you are at what you do. That there are quotes in CNN's report that seem to really amplify your voice and potentially even make it harder for them to make the point that they're trying to make about in the now. Uh, yeah, and, and, I
1: agree with that. And I think that... And second,
0: And secondly, um, since that's not really, you know, there's not really much to add to that. I mean, you concur. Uh, I want to make sure people know who Drew Griffin is just because he is this I just can't get over this. He's the person, for those of you who are listening, <laughs> oh, if you remember, he's the person who went to the home of a Florida woman who ran a page on Facebook called Team Trump Broward County. And he found the address of this woman, went to her house. So now he's he's technically like stalking this person. He he's go he goes to her house and tells her that she was duped, that the Russians used her to help Donald Trump win the election. And you might remember she said, I don't go with the Russians. Come on, give me a break. And she just had a really tough time with what Drew was trying to do because he's basically removing her agency. He's saying that like she didn't make an independent decision to vote for Trump. And obviously... Rania and me aren't saying that it was good that people voted for Trump. That's not the point. What I'm saying is people made choices. The Russians didn't tell Trump supporters to vote for Trump. They decided to do that. And so Drew Griffin is there basically harassing this person and making them feel like they're a pawn of the Russian government.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it was just really unbelievable. Um... I mean, it just gets crazier and crazier because, I mean, I was so worried about them taking my soundbites out of context. I didn't even think that all of this was to get us banned from Facebook. And ultimately, that was CNN's intention the whole time, was to manufacture a story that wasn't there uh, because no one's hiding funding. Um, And then they contacted CNN and waited for CNN to ban our pages before they released their story so they could have a story. And the story was that CNN, the story was that, that Facebook took down Russian-backed pages.
0: Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> it, I mean, in fact, you have the one of their reporters who's just basically a tech reporter, as far as I can tell. Um, his name's uh, Donnie, uh, Donnie O'Sullivan, and he uh, is uh, on Reliable Sources, was on there on Sunday, February 17th. He's there talking about this story with Brian Stelter, and he says, he's, he, they don't hide it, he says that they contacted Facebook on February 13th. And then Facebook notified them that they were contemplating doing something about maybe forcing state-funded media organizations to label that they're state-funded, just like YouTube, I imagine. And... So CNN waits. They hold the story. You even told me that you, you thought they were delaying for something. But you, yeah, you we were asking sure. them
1: when's the story coming out. And then they were like, oh, we were going to on Wednesday, the day that they were like uh, waiting for comment from Facebook. They were like, oh, we, we it was going to go today, but we bumped it maybe tomorrow. And so the CNN. I mean, this is really dirty what they did.
0: And you CNN, were interviewed. You were interviewed on Monday. Monday. You were. Oh, yes. We're recording this on February eighteenth. You were. You talked to them a week ago on February eleventh. It took them a couple more days after the interview to get everything together to have a full report. Um, and then, yeah, they sat on it until they could get your pages censored.
1: Exactly, and that's what's so dirty about this. And. It worked. I mean, they got our pages taken down. Again, we didn't violate any Facebook rules and Facebook in its statement to CNN explicitly said we didn't violate any rules because it's not a requirement to disclose your funding on Facebook pages, which is something nobody does. Like Al Jazeera doesn't do it, BBC doesn't do it, CBC doesn't do it, NPR doesn't do it. It's just not something that's required on Facebook pages. Now, if it was a requirement, then that would be a different story. And and, you know, I wouldn't actually oppose a sort of blanket uh, requirement that that your funding be disclosed on your Facebook page. That, that actually sounds pretty reasonable to me as long as it's applied across the board. Um, but that's not the issue here. The issue here is Facebook had no grounds to take down our pages. And they did. And they did it at the behest. And this is the dirty part. CNN in its story says the German Marshall Fund is uh, came to them about MAFIC and in the now. So that's who prompted this story, a group called the German Marshall Fund. And Kevin, you wrote about who this group is.
0: Yeah, I have a a bunch of information here. So basically, the German Marshall Fund celebrates the Marshall Plan. I don't know how many of you remember what that was. If you went through U.S. history. Well, real
1: quick, I'm sorry. I think the most important thing before we get into all that to say is to say is that the German Marshall Fund receives funding from the U.S. government. Oh, so, well, absolutely. We I was going to get details. to that. No, 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 of course, I just want to throw that out there first so that people understand the U- a US government funded think tank um, prompted CNN to pressure Facebook to ban pages that criticize US foreign policy. Yes. Which is completely outrageous and it's censorship. Yeah. That is censorship.
0: Well, and then I want to be clear that the uh, social media analyst that is part of the report, Brett Schaefer, what he's quoted saying isn't actually anything that I would consider insight on your organization. It's, a, <laughs> it's his belief, he says, that these should be clearly labeled, and when they don't label them, they need to be called out on that. So they're using him as the, as the person who decides that every Facebook page, starting with your organization conveniently, need to label <laughs> their pages. Um, mm-hmm which I think is an important thing to say. And so this fund that exists has um, uh, organizations or offices um, around Europe. Uh, and it was basically started in 1972. It's a celebration of the Marshall Plan, which essentially is sort of like a hallmark of the American Empire Project that has existed for decades. Going back to 1947, when it first started, the whole idea was that it would help the United States gain more access to European markets and it would help fend off the rise of communism. And then now today, what does the German Marshall Fund do? Well, actually, apparently, according to a Nation article that I found, the German Marshall Fund hadn't engaged in this kind of Russo- Russophobia before uh, the last couple of years, but like now is dabbling in it because that's where everything is trending towards. Um, and what's important is that the German Marshall Fund houses this Alliance for Securing Democracy. And that's probably much more interesting than anything I just said about the German Marshall Fund because they have an advisory council that has people like Michael Chertoff, who was a Homeland Security Department chief. It's got Bill Kristol, who was a board member of the Project for the New American Century, a huge booster of the Iraq War, Neocon, and Rick Leggett, who's a former NSA deputy director, Mike McFall a former U.S. ambassador to Russia, who's been a big guy uh, uh, when it comes to Russiagate. Uh, I think they've done a lot of interviews with him about how there needs to be challenges. Uh, Former acting CIA director Mike Morrell, John Podesta, the former chairman of Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, Mike Rogers, who was a House Intelligence Committee chair, um, a former admiral who led European command. His name is James Stavridis. And then Jake Sullivan, who was a national security advisor to Vice President Joe Biden. The same Biden that might be running for president in 2020, um, and there's like this marriage of convenience that's happened between Democrats and neocons, and they all have come together in support of something called Hamilton 68, which is a tracker that you might have heard about that claims to be able to unearth Russian influence operations. Except, and, and this is I'm gonna I'm gonna make an uh, what I think is a really important point here. Uh, They refuse to share their methodology about how they try and uncover Russian influence operations. So let me get this straight. The German Marshall Fund has a Hamilton 68 tracker that is very secretive about the way in which it tracks people who are sharing hashtags and they themselves are upset that you... Your organization does not list and is transparent on Facebook about the details of who funds your organization. That's just incredible to me.
1: I'm getting so angry right now. Like, I just, just like talking about all this is making me so angry because it's so fucking wrong. Like, it's so wrong and so targeted and so outrageous that a media company did this at the behest of these people. Like... And it's scary. Like it's frightening to me. It is. I feel like no matter where I go, um, this isn't about me, by the way, I want to make it clear. Obviously, you know, this outlet was targeted because it's really successful. I'm not the person who made it successful. It's targeted because it's very successful and because of its funding source. Um, and that's why it's being targeted like this because it's being targeted by people who want to, you know, make sure that cold war 2.0 only intensifies more, uh, And also, of course, the content bothers them because they don't like, you know, anything that is popular that's challenging, uh, you know, war, that's challenging corporate control of our government, right? But I really do feel like there is no place, like I'm not allowed to speak anywhere, no matter where I go, no matter where I work for, it's like all I'm doing is telling the truth about really basic shit, Right and the forces aligned against anyone who does that are just so overwhelming and like all they do is crush you they crush you so you can't like have a job they crush you so you're unemployable they crush you so the only place you can work is state funded media for another country's media that's like, that's how much they crush you so unless you're like a trust fund journalist who can be independent forever Like, that's actually a new term I want to make popular, trust fund journalists. Um, Like, this is the only option you have if you want to tell the truth and do actual, like, journalism. That challenges power. And I mean really challenges power. Challenges, like, imperialism. Challenges empire. Not this, like, bullshit kind of, oh, we're just going to be soft and, like, maybe we can, you know, elect people and take over the State Department. I mean, like, really challenges U.S. empire. And... This is what happens when you do that. And it just feels like, the, like, I can't imagine. I mean, it's not just me feeling this way, but it feels like no matter where I go, the walls close in on me and I get censored and I get pushed out. Um, and again, it's not only about me. This is a, I work for an outlet that employs a lot. Like, uh, you know, it's a small outlet, but it employs a lot of people. And I hope I can continue to do that. Um, but like, this is the intention of these people is to shut down adversarial voices, to shut down dissent. And this is such a blatant form of that. And what's really, really, really frustrating is, like, where the fuck is— Like, we leftists. Where are you? Like, where the fuck are you? Like, you know, I, I'm just—I I appreciate all the words of support and all the people who are expressing outrage about this. But, like, I feel like some people are keeping quiet because they're like, oh, but it's Russian government funding. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step in that because Russia, Russia, Russia— And it's like, you guys, it's a censorship. Like maybe today it applies to Russia or Russian funded outlets, but tomorrow it's gonna apply to you. And it has already applied to outlets that are not funded by Russia, that had a lot of followers. And they were never able to get back on Facebook. And the thing about like, yes, I'd love to be off of Facebook. I know people are always like, well, fuck Facebook, but that's where the viral, that's where video is. That's where everyone watches video is on Facebook. And if you're forced off Facebook, unfortunately, we're dependent on these social media giants. You have a huge platform taken away from you. And it's just like, it's just fucking exhausting. Like this is, I feel like every two weeks we have to do a special episode because like an insane amount of like, of like neocons or like these people at US funded, uh, you know, think tanks or these like group of like hipster neocons are, like, sneering or attacking me or, like, going after us. And, like, this is just the worst it's ever gotten. <laughs> like, they actually got it, me censored.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't long ago that we did the special episode about people asking Congress people to denounce you. And, in fact, I believe
1: <laughs> it was... Molly McHugh.
0: I believe it was Molly McHugh who said that they would like... The, that she would like the follow-up to this report to be getting Congress people to denounce you finally and say they were wrong to share your work. So uh, I I doubt that CNN is going to pursue this much.
1: Oh, I'm sure they won't. But Molly McHugh is a fucking lobbyist. She was a lobbyist at the American Enterprise Institute, which was critical to pushing uh, George W. Bush's Iraq war. And then she was a lobbyist at another right wing outfit. And then she was a lobbyist. I think she's still a lobbyist for the Podesta Group. Mm-hmm. And she's also a registered foreign agent.
0: Like, yeah. Well, not to mention yeah. that uh, the American Enterprise Institute is a, f- uh, you know, it's a capitalist think tank that promotes yes. p- policies that destroy the working class and middle class in America.
1: And other countries as well. And, you know, she in her first tweet, she tweeted this is what disgusted me is. People like her are cheering this on. They're blatantly cheering. They're openly and proudly cheering on censorship. She said something. I don't have her tweet in front of me. I can in a second, actually. Because what she said is just so disgusting. And I want people to get, like, an understanding of just, like, how these people are celebrating. Because they're the ones who made this happen. Or at least people. So she goes, I have been lax this week in thanking Donny, who's the journalist who, um, one of the four fucking journalists. Hold on. I also just want to say, it took four journalists to report the story. <laughs> four.
0: Yeah, Four and
1: dudes at CNN worked on this story, which is crazy to me.
0: And they still barely um, found anything.
1: Yes, they, but they, they st- still but they s- didn't but, find but,
0: anything. But they got you censored, which is what
1: matters. Well, actually, I guess that's why you need four journalists to work on it. But So she said, I have been lax this week in thanking Dhoni for finally getting Facebook to take down Kremlin-funded viral video propaganda garbage dump in the now news, as our friends at European Values have been documenting for years good riddance then she follows up with now maybe he can interview all the members of congress that promoted calic and in the now and ask if they knew what, what that they what they were pushing was kremlin, kremlin propaganda so first she's cheering on censorship and then she goes on to pray that cnn will do a follow up story attacking leftist members of congress <laughs> like like why does it, like and think about it this woman gets a platform at msnbc and cnn as a information warfare specialist like I mean those are the kind of people that there's space for because they're pro-empire they're pro you know capitalism they're pro-war and then people like me and others are like pushed to the margins and marginalized so much that we can't have jobs like yeah it's like and I mean I mind you this is an industry where thousands of journalists just got let go from BuzzFeed and Huffington Post like, this is not a stable industry. There's already a lack of enough jobs for people. And the jobs that do exist, like, if they're just saying the wrong thing, they're getting censored and put out of jobs. And I'm really scared. Like, I, I am really scared. Like, I really am a pre- – like, this is the best job I've ever had um, in the sense that I get to, like – I have editorial control. I get to talk about the things I care about and, like, have fun. And inform people and that's like it's like kind of like my dream job in so many ways and cnn is trying to fucking take it from me because they don't like what i'm saying and it's just so fucking outrageous i like i'm just oh my god like and can i can
0: i add before we conclude i mean we've, we've gone for about a half hour and that's probably well enough um you, you're very busy dealing with all of this bullshit so, we're probably going to have to conclude very soon. But I noted, I, I went back to uh, when Abby Martin was on RT America and had mm-hmm. uh, co- protested the Russia military aggression in Crimea, and then went on Piers Morgan. Um, and she said, uh, because Piers Morgan was suggesting that there was something unique about what was happening with rt uh, possibly maybe wanting to silence her and she reminded him we're talking about six corporations that control 90 percent of what americans see hear and read lead up to the iraq war parroting exactly what the establishment said i mean you could reflect the exact same criticism on all the corporate media channels and she later said rt tows a perspective of russian foreign policy just as the entire corporate media apparatus toes the perspective of the U.S. establishment. Why do I have to work for RT to tell the truth about corporations and the U.S. government? I mean, seriously, you guys are beholden to advertisers that you cannot criticize. And, and she's basically, you know, making the point that uh, she was working for RT America because she could never be employed by CNN. It's the same point that you made before. You made that directly to Drew Griffin, but these people don't want to acknowledge the reality, which is that these outlets don't support this work. Now, one thing that's incredible is that they, you have Donny, you have uh, Drew, you have them conceding, um, not not even trying to like argue with you that some of the stuff you're doing is legitimate. I mean, even mm-hmm. if it's even if it's aligned with what Russia would promote as their policy, even that's what they would say. They don't necessarily come at you and say. Why are you spending your time doing this journalism? They, they accept that like, this is valuable journalism. Or, or not valuable, but that it's, it's, it's journalism that people would engage in and produce. And, and yet, they don't confront the fact that there are going to be dozens upon dozens of people that want to go work for state-funded media outlets or do or prefer working for them because they have bad experiences working for corporate media outlets where they're not allowed to produce the truth, where they're not allowed to report accurately on Venezuela or any of these other things that matter in the world, and and matter much more than some of the trivia and gossip that is trafficked on CNN on a daily basis.
1: Right, exactly. And uh, that is, I think, uh, the crux of all this is that they did like if you watch this uh, interview that Donny did with Brian Stelter for CNN show Unreliable Sources. They like don't like these Stelters like. Did you watch these videos? Were they sowing discord and making Americans hate each other? That's like almost word for word what he asked him. Um, and then Donny was like, "No, nothing like that. Like they made some legitimate points. Like he 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 said basically he said something along those lines. Like they they made some allegi- like like some points that resonate with a lot of Americans." Like they were points that actually, I think at one point they said something like they were points that you'll actually sometimes see in the mainstream. Um, And that's part of the Russian government's tactic, right? Is using mainstream information to, to get Americans upset, you know?
0: It was, uh, it was that they're legitimate. And these are typically the sort of thing that you'll see leftists talk about. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Okay. leftists. I mean, and you know, like. I think CNN has to acknowledge that there's some validity because <laughs> a lot of people believe in these ideas now, like the Green New Deal, et cetera, mm-hmm. Medicare for all. Those are popular ideas. You can't just take a shit on leftists anymore. And so, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and the other thing that was incredible for this is when Donnie says, you know, I'd love for us to take credit and act like we really like figured out that this page was run by Russians, but if you just do some simple Googling, you'll be able to tell that like, it's a Russian page.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, even the guy who worked on the story was like, yeah, it wasn't really an investigation. Cause we immediately found it's like publicly available information who funds them.
0: So, like, that, <laughs> so that, that removes the whole thing of this being shady, which is the whole, I guess, uh hallmark of what makes a russiagate story a russiagate story in this era like the fact that uh the russian government was height hide- like there have been things that cnn have reported before and there's been a claim that they're they're hiding this they don't tell you that there are these troll farms there's these outfits that are doing this they're peddling that and even though there's been issues with those stories alone and separate and we're not going to go revisit those but you know the whole thing was that like you couldn't tell Nothing about what you do yeah. is trying to keep this hidden. You're like, I get money from Russia. And by the way, that's a feature of what I'm doing. That actually makes it easier <laughs> for me to do what I do, because then I don't have to worry about pissing off my government.
1: Right. And I'll tell you something, you know, the U.S. government funds some outlets in in Russia. Um, yes, they do. And huh?
0: yeah, they do. I almost put that in my piece.
1: Well, they well, they yeah, the U.S. government funds outlets in a lot of countries, especially in countries the U.S. where the U.S. doesn't get along with the government, um, because it's a it's a form of soft uh, of soft power, right? And to get your government's narrative out there, U.S. also already dominates the international media landscape, and they just can't handle any other outlet like doing that that's not pro-U.S. Uh, policies, regardless of what they are. The point is, is that you know one thing that people will tell you is like. In other countries where I'm not saying U.S. government propaganda in other countries is good, but in countries where the media is really closed, like it, it's it actually does allow some space for people to criticize their local government policies in a way that they might not be able to on state media um, or that they certainly cannot do on state media. Uh, and so I, I think it's, there's a similar function. I'm not saying that again, I'm not saying that the U.S. outlets are great. I'm just saying that we do have to acknowledge that they can provide that platform sometimes. Um, and the same thing I think goes for the U.S. is the U.S., of course, it's not state-funded media. Like in a place like Russia, where a lot of the media is state-funded, it's uh, like Abby said in the, what you quoted, you no, know, uh, six corporations, this is still true, six corporations control 90% of the media in the U.S. And so corporate control of media It may sound nicer, and it may allow for more criticism of the government, certainly, but it has a negative impact on what we read, see, and hear. And so, uh, you know, especially when it comes to U.S. foreign policy, a lot of, you know, U.S. corporations are for U.S. foreign policy because they benefit from it. So that's why it can be beneficial when you have adversary governments like Russia, or even in the case of Al Jazeera, there's been times where Qatar, Qatar goes back and forth, Right. So there are times where Al Jazeera has provided that platform, especially against like the Iraq war, for example, um, or against the war in Afghanistan, where they've provided the platform uh, where the only people who are anti-war can go to do reporting. Um, And RT, I think, does play that role, not all the time, but to a certain extent. And I don't think it's wrong to acknowledge that, even if you hate RT, Um, you can acknowledge that that can make a difference. And I think you see it right now, like, really, you see it definitely right now where Venezuela is being... U.S. is attempting to overthrow the government in Venezuela. And across the media spectrum, um, except for maybe democracy now, but I don't consider that mainstream media, across the spectrum, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, it doesn't matter which one you're watching or what mainstream media outlet you're reading. They're all saying the same thing. They're all parroting State Department talking points. Um, so the only place that you're getting dissent from is places like in the now or really small independent media outlets where nobody who works there makes any money and they all have to live in boxes. Um, that's just the reality. So, or like Shadowproof, which is a small independent media outlet. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Like these are the only places that have dissenting views and they're few and far between. And so I think that, I wish that leftists would acknowledge a little bit more that like, that like certain outlets are playing a role in offering the, the correct narrative that US outlets will not, even if they hate RT. Uh, because they're just like anything associated with Russia is evil. I wish they could at least acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, so uh, two things, and then I'll let you give any final thoughts. Uh, I didn't put this in the piece because I thought it was sort of distract from what I was um, covering related to what happened with you, but uh, because my point really wasn't that like – state funded media i didn't want to make this point of like well all state funded media do this like this wasn't really like what I was trying to cover with what c n n was doing, but there was a uh, there was an organization that launched there was a channel that launched not too long ago in 2017 called Current time mm-hmm. and it's run by Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty. It receives funding from oh. the u s government um, and it targets Russian speakers. And particularly, (laughs) uh, it was going after, I believe this was targeted towards Crimea. Uh, They have a show, a weekly show called Crimea Realities, and then another called uh, Donbass Realities, um, because (laughs) it's going after um, people in Ukraine um, and Crimea um, to challenge uh, the influence of Russia in those countries. Um, and so, yeah, and it was to help support these like uh, these rebels in there that uh, the United States has supported. And so uh, I don't know. does Drew Griffith and the others at CNN think that it would be beneficial if the russia Russian government decided to require these pages on Facebook if they have pages that they have to disclose that they're US government funded and and my guess was that he would quickly be able to dial up uh, whoever his contact is at the State Department or whoever his contact is at a U.S. intelligence agency, whatever three-letter one he wants to phone up, and Drew would be able to get somebody on the line to say that, no, that would be bad for us if we had to disclose because we couldn't continue <laughs> our new Cold War agenda. And so then, I mean, I think it you, you, you have to realize that Either we're going to have everyone labeled or nobody has to label. And you're not yep. ever going to get a middle ground or a ground where like one group is discriminated or not. Because I, I, I tell you, it's not long before the Russian government decides to force U.S. projects that are in Russia that aren't disclosing their funding, because they're going to see what uh, is precip- being precipitated by CNN and Facebook, and, and they're just going to do the you know, the same, the same thing. Um, and then the other thing, uh, last thing, uh, this is a quote, I didn't use this in my story. Um, there's something that Jay Ray said though. And I think it's important about, um, another reason why, uh, Russia, like, like Russian media might be good. And, and it's because like, it's, it's really a kind of correction to how bad U S media has become. And, And it's not, and I'm not saying it that way because I think that all Russian media is is pure and and it doesn't whitewash some of the things that vladimir putin and the government is doing i mean there's certainly things going on with oligarchs and like every government there's corruption that they Mm -hmm. would like to have ignored but generally speaking this is something that Ray said uh what he said That These media outlets like, like your organization get stories told about Russians, Russian people, to a Western audience that are not just demonizing them and contributing to the hysteria that is currently being experienced in the Trump era. So we show a lot of stories that come from a wide range of places in the world. That includes Russia. We might show, for example, a story about a young girl who speaks seven languages and it's an amazing prodigy and then, oh, by the way, that girl is Russian. That's the kind of story about a Russian that you are not typically going to receive in the so-called mainstream media of the United States. And the reason why I just say that is because it's important that like a lot of what is in the media today is just making all Russians seem like they're demons.
1: Yes, that's absolutely true. I mean, that's, that's, that's a benefit to the Russian government, not just also getting out uh, a narrative that uh, challenges U S dominance. Um, which I believe is also part of the you know, general reason why they want to have an international media outlet, right? Um, but also, yes, especially in the U.S., the climate is just so hateful and, Rus- and Russophobic, you know, like against, like, it's just so hateful towards Russians and actually racist towards Russians. And, and I, I really mean that when I say racist towards Russians because the U.S. has a history of engage- engaging in this sort of anti-Slavic um, bigotry, against people like from, from Russia and the surrounding areas. Um, and so they do benefit in that sense as well. And you know, In The Now does, do, does post uh, videos like that, videos that like, like, there's another video that went viral of ours of a little boy who's like yelling at his parents, a little Russian boy who's yelling at his parents because he doesn't want them to kill a mouse <laughs> and why it's wrong to kill living things. And it's just really cute. It's like a, it's like a three-year-old boy um, and of course there's, you know, Americans, or there's a, there's a English subtitles on it. So, you know, Western audience can follow, but like things like that humanize Russians and there's nothing wrong with humanizing Russians or any other nationality or ethnic group. Um, right.
0: Right. Because, you uh, know, and cause we're two countries that have the most nuclear weapons in the world, I believe. And, and we can 90% end the we can end the
1: planet. Yes. Yeah, the U.S. and Russia have 90 percent of the n- nuclear stockpile in the world. Um, and it's actually, for the sake of human survival, uh, depends on these two countries not nuking each other or <laughs> nuking anyone else. Um, and of these two countries, only one of them has actually deployed a nuclear weapon. Uh, so just the, the point is, is these two countries do need to get along. And that's a point that Stephen Cohen who's like an actual Russia expert, Professor Stephen Cohen, um, <laughs> that often makes. You
0: mean that one of these pseudo guys that interviewed you?
1: Yeah, like actually speaks Russian, has studied it, has been to Russia, has like a, you know, like degrees, and it's, like cred- it's credential to be considered an actual expert, um, historically and present day. And anyway, he, it's a point that he has made before on mainstream media outlets, which is probably why he's never actually been invited back. Um, But anyways, the point is, yes, it's also crucial. And I think, you know, Jay Ray made this really like sort of compelling last comment in the CNN interview that, of course, they they aren't going to air ever. But um, that I thought was really good is like, uh, you You know, one of the channels. Sure, you can. But I want you to read it in the context of one of the channels that got removed from Facebook is a channel called Wasted, which focused exclusively on the issue of climate change and environmental um, and like uh, environmental issues. And it wasn't country specific, like it didn't only attack America. I don't even think it really attacked any countries, actually, it was pretty neutral. It was pretty much just about the need to like save the planet. (laughs) Um, And that, I mean, it's just the fact that this page got taken down is so shocking because there was nothing political about it in the sense of like Cold War politics um, or that could be construed as anti-American. So I want you to think about that, a page that was gaining a lot of, it was actually of all our new pages, That was the most popular and it was more, it it had the most followers and got the most engagement and most views and likes more than even like the politics page did. So that's what got shut down in all this. And so considering that, go ahead, you can go ahead and read Jerry's comment.
0: Yeah. To add though, I believe he said something to the effect of this was like very near and dear to the mission of in the now because, you know, they recognized that, they needed to get past the sort of uh, divisiveness that exists, the kind of bigotry and that we needed to all work together on uh, not blowing each other up and, and also taking care of the planet. And so, so anyways, this is what he said. I am of an age that I grew up in the 1980s under constant fear as a young boy of nuclear Holocaust because Russia was going to bomb us because Russia was going to destroy the world and we have to destroy them back and we would destroy the world in the process And it was a terrible way to feel as a child. And I now, I have a partner who is of a similar age and happens to be from Russia. We did not meet in Russia. We met in Berlin, but she has the exact same stories in reverse of being a young girl in Moscow and hearing these stories coming from their side. Oh, we have to be afraid of these nuclear holocausts because the Americans are going to bomb us. We would never start a war. That would only be the Americans, the Americans, the Americans, the Americans. And now we hear in the media all the time, the Russians, the Russians, the Russians, it's time, I think, and I would love to see this come from CNN and all of mainstream American media, especially MSNBC, stop saying the Russians. The Russians are the Russian people. Like, I'm an American and I disagree with a lot of things that my government does. I definitely don't want to be lumped in with my government. I don't want to hear somebody say the Americans, but they're really talking about my government and, they've, and, and they're including me with that. I have marched in the streets of D.C. in opposition to the invasion of Iraq I've done all other kinds of political aspects of activism in the U.S. system. What I found when I accepted this job and when I went to Moscow was what my perceptions of what Russians were like and what Moscow was like were all wrong. Like the Americans and Russians are a lot more alike than they are different. The people are a lot more alike than they are different. The governments have problems with each other and if the governments can't work out these problems and move on, we're going to kill the planet and it won't matter whether you're Russian or German or English or American.
1: And that was a really powerful statement he made it It kind of gave, gave me chills when he said it and it gave me chills listening to you hear it because it's so true. And he's also talking about climate change in that statement. Um, because one of the projects that that he really liked the most was the wasted project was the one about environmental catastrophe. Because we're heading towards like climate catastrophe, you guys. Everyone knows it. Our governments on um, both in Moscow and DC are doing nothing to stop it. Um, <laughs> And uh, and and like just the fact that CNN went on this witch hunt and got it an, an outlet that was increasing in popularity taken down from Facebook that was focusing on climate change just shows you how insane this Russia hysteria has become. Well, so the, and I you know I also want to talk about the opportunism here because CNN was also looking for a story not just to you know because the German Marshall Fund came to them and they wanted to get us shut down, but also because. Their whole like their whole industry of cable news media was dying until Donald Trump came along and until Russiagate came along. And so this is something you mentioned in your piece, Kevin, is like it's all about getting views. It's all about getting more advertising dollars. It's all about, you know, uh, pushing tabloidesque stories about like, you know, Russia, 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 um, which CNN is gaining in popularity because of. It's completely opportunistic and it's so fucking reckless and dangerous because by doing this, they're not only putting people like me, not only like censoring people like me and censoring pages like Wasted, but they're also like getting this population of Americans revved up um, against Russia and creating the groundwork for war, laying the groundwork for war. And, you know, one thing that's been really, really scary for me to watch is I mean, I know a lot of people watch CNN. I know a lot of people buy into the Russiagate stuff. But just to see the level of, like, cheerleading for censorship really freaks me out. Like, it's so authoritarian. Again, like, fine, if these people don't want to watch me, don't want to be my audience, don't want to be in the Now's audience, want to hate our videos, fine. No one's forcing them down your throat. But the, the fact that people are, like, and not just, you know, these, like, neocon pundits. I mean, the viewers. Like you look at CNN, the comments on CNN's Facebook post about the story and on their Twitter post, people are like, thank God you're saving us from Kremlin propaganda. And they mean it. Like, it's so authoritarian. It's like insane. I just I I can't like understand that mentality. But a lot of people are like that. Literally all you have to do, just like for years and years and years, all you had to do was say 9-11. And it justified anything to Americans. Americans were like, yeah, you know, like that scene from Family Guy uh, (laughs) where Lois is running for office. And she's like, nine, 11. And everyone's like, woohoo, like that's all you have to say. Um, Now it's Russia. Like, all you got to say is Russia. And people are just like fucking sheep about it. It's really, really scary.
0: Yeah. And this is where I think you expand the critique beyond CNN to all U S establishment media outlets and even progressive media outlets. And I'll just quickly, I'll just read the headlines. I'm just going to quickly remind you what we all live in and, and, and we know the risks. Now the risks are that we're ramping up a crisis. We're threatening war. Each of these countries have nuclear stockpiles and, um, You know, you don't want anything to happen where there would be some mistake and something would set off and we couldn't actually turn back from it. Uh, But yet you have headlines in here. Um, I'm I'm using this compilation that was put together by The Intercept or specifically Glenn Greenwald. So, you know, you had stories like RT hacked into into and took over C-SPAN. Didn't happen. You have stories like Russian hackers (laughs) invaded the U.S. electricity grid to deny Vermonter's heat during the winter. Never happened. You have uh, you have a new deranged anonymous group declares mainstream political sites on the left and right to be Russian propaganda outlets, and Washington Post touts its report to claim massive Kremlin infiltration of the internet. That's Glenn Greenwald's description, but he's referring to is the proper not group that existed, and Washington Post was boosting them. Um, and then mm-hmm. you've got uh, Trump aides. Anthony Scaramucci is involved in a Russian hedge fund under a Senate investigation. Never happened. Uh, You have Russia attacked U.S. diplomats at the Cuban embassy using a super sophisticated sonic microwave weapon. We now know these were crickets, probably. (laughs) I mean, um, (laughs) you have Trump created a secret Internet server to covertly communicate with a Russian bank. Never happened. You have... Paul Manafort visited Julian Assange three times in the Ecuadorian embassy. never happened. You have uh, CNN explicitly lied about Lanny Davis being a source for a story about Cohen and this Trump Tower meeting. And they, they don't care. They're just trying to get clicks. That didn't happen. Robert Mueller possesses internal emails and witness interviews proving that Trump directed Cohen to lie to Congress didn't happen. Again, we're getting into general Russiagate stuff now, but Donald Trump Jr. was offered advanced access to the WikiLeaks email archive. Again, all of this to generate this like hatred of Russia and this fear that our politics have been taken over by Vladimir Putin. And, and, and again, it, then it just feeds this whole mill of media organizations that feel they have to churn out these stories that support the politics of the moment. The reason why, they need to go after uh, a viral video company backed by Russia is not because there's anything particularly unique about what you all are doing. It's just the fact that like it serves the general climate that they are fueling.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're putting people. Okay. Yeah. I think we've said all that we can say about this for now. Um, I'm like saying, I actually, I want to point out to our listeners how supportive Kevin has been. Um, not just as like as a friend and a colleague, but also, you know, Kevin, you wrote the only, I mean, ever since CNN story came out, you're the only one that's written a story to counter that of what actually happened for shadow proof. Um, and I really, really appreciate that. And I think it's like really great journalism, what you did, and it deserves to be commended because every other media outlet that's covered, this has just literally rephrased CNN story, just like taken the words and moved them around a little bit, but said the same exact thing and buried all the most important, if there's any context at all, they buried it at the very end. Um, so I want to thank you for that because it's demonstrated just how important it is to have independent alternative media.
0: Well, thank you. I mean, there are some people who spoke up for you on Twitter, but I mean, I, I suppose the record shows that they, <laughs> didn't, the same. Do any story. they didn't do any <laughs> yeah. stories. They didn't yes. put any labor into. Uh, and and so uh, I do want to take the moment at the end of the show because because you all are really supportive um, and thank you to all of our patrons who do support. But for those of you who are listening, who take a general interest in our work and listen to this uh, response, this rebuttal to CNN's hit piece, I highly encourage you if you like what we're doing to become patrons of the unauthorized disclosure podcast. Um, We're doing a lot. We've had quite the first couple months of 2019 um, I can't even imagine what the next 10 months will hold for this year. It's just been <laughs> so insane. And and we really haven't even gotten into the 2020 primary, which is just going to make everything that you're dealing with uh, that much worse. So yes. we need you. We need a lot of you. to We be do. We need you us. guys
1: to step up and like, and you know, who knows if all job you know, the jobs and ed-
0: it'll take the edge off. I mean, having your support, having, we have 208, patrons who support us by having, you know, 200 or even 300 of you that support us mean that we can have a little bit of safety from these pressures that are on us on a daily basis and particularly on Rania because nobody's coming for me. One of the reasons why I can do what I'm doing is because I'm putting it up out there on Twitter and nobody says anything to me about it. And that's not just because like people aren't reading my stuff. It's just that like, there's no, I'm not a target. I'm not easy. Rania, they think Rania's easy. So if you want... Yeah, were... they see
1: some, like, brown... They see some, like, like brown... Little brown girl who's, like, trying to say bad things about U.S. <laughs> Empire. And they're like, oh, bitch, no. Um, I will... Actually, I will add, you know, I hate the identity stuff, Kevin, but I will add the four dudes that it took to write this uh, CNN investigation. I, I was making... Well, you can't see me, but I made really big quotes, you know, around investigation with my fingers. Um... But the four dudes who did it were these, like, were these, like, dorky white dudes. No offense to dorky white dudes who listen to the show, but this was, like, the bad kind of dorky white dude. Not the good kind of dorky white dude. But, like, just, like, these, like, four white guys who are, like, let's... And also, I'll, I'll add, you know, Mafic is owned. The CEO is, like, Anisa Nawe, who is kind of, like, an amazing woman. She's pretty young. She's, like, really, she's young. She's, like, a, cu- a couple years older than me. Uh, And she's built this whole channel um, that's been a huge success. And she's like, you know, half Tunisian. Um, And I just my point is, is like the optics. It's like for those who do care about identity politics, like you should be on our side because you've got two women of color versus four CNN white dudes. Uh, That's how I'd like to. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just make
0: a cultural reference. You may not get Rania, but you can go look it up after we're done recording if you care to know. But Drew Griffin, if uh, we were doing a parody of what CNN was doing to you, he would be played by a man named Fred Willard, who is uh, uh, <laughs> maybe know you may know from some of the like Will Ferrell comedies that have been out in uh, U.S. culture. Uh that's just i I'm looking to, it up now. A, a like, way, I gotta a, know who this is. <laughs> a way for you to plant yourself in <gasps>
1: Oh my god, yes. He's like a younger version of this guy. Totally. Looked, <laughs>
0: he, and uh thank you all. We really appreciate having this space to deal with uh this kind of thing and we are going to take a break for about a week uh or so. Um, Ranya's got some work. I've got some work to tackle, but we'll be back uh, very soon in March with some more episodes for you.
1: Thanks for tuning in and thanks for all your support. We'll be back soon.
0: If you're interested in supporting Ranya Kalik or the Unauthorized Disclosure podcast, please go to patreon.com/unauthorized disclosure. You can become a monthly patron and help keep. Rania and her work going, as well as this podcast going, we really appreciate it.